Hi, everyone. My name is Annie Fitzsimmons. I'm an editor at Afar Magazine, and I'm thrilled to be here today moderating this panel um, for virtual vacation events, The New Age of Luxury. Um, I'm actually in a very luxurious suite, the Royal Suite at the Lanesboro, uh, moderating this panel. So it's nice to be here. Um, and I'm going to introduce our, our wonderful panel. So we have Valerie Wilson, the chairman and CEO of Valerie Wilson Travel. Hi, Valerie. Uh, we have Michael Johnson, the president of Travel Edge. Anne Scully, a partner at Embark Beyond, and Angie Lee Saya, uh, president of Global Travel Collection. So hi, everyone. Hello. Morning. Hi there. Good afternoon, good morning, wherever we are. Um, so, so the point of this panel really, I mean, we're going to talk about um, kind of the power of travel advisors, which I think we all realize um, quite, quite well. But for those of us who, you know, might not know, why do you think that they've become even more important to luxury travelers as we emerge from the from the pandemic? Valerie, I'll start with you. Why do you think they've become more important? Well, you know, I'm a total advocate of a travel advisor because you can't do it alone. You're not the expert. The advisor is the expert. They have traveled to these places. They know the contacts. They want to share the knowledge. They want to share the experiences. And now more than ever, you need to talk to a travel advisor just to know what's open and what's closed and what borders avail uh, are closed and which ones are open to travelers. So I can't yeah. imagine traveling without an advisor. Yes, and I always say, I mean, it's hard because advisors have had to become public health experts, right? So it's it's been an interesting... <laughs> well. I, we're not just pub, we're not just public health experts or become one. We're um, psychologists, psychiatrists, working with every one of our travelers all the time to yes. uh, just talk out whatever's bothering them or what they're thinking about or why this is happening, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Angie, what about you? Why do you think they're more important than ever? I think emerging from the pandemic, I think for all of us right on the panel, we're going to see a new wave of success for our travel advisors. Um, they're top of mind. They know it's essential for travelers. They're more relevant, as, as Valerie said, as than ever. Um, they in, um, anticipate the traveler's needs. They know what's next in luxury. Um, you know, they communicate so, so beautifully, transparent, trust, clear. You know, they, um, they understand the complexities of our environment today and they know how to get exclusive access that others don't know. So what, <laughs> I'm going to take Valerie's words, why wouldn't you? Like, yeah. this is essential for you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm still surprised to um, how many people don't know about advisors. So it's 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 it, it really is kind of talking about all of those perks and all of those things. And you get a therapist and all of these people in one. Right. Um, and, and Michael, how about you? It's a, it's a great question, um, uh, Annie, and thank you so much for the invitation um, today. I was, I was reading some research and 86 percent of households over one hundred thousand dollars plan to travel this fall. Uh, and combine that with the fact that the average time from uh, booking to travel is less than three months. So said differently, there's a lot of pent up demand that will be compressed into a very short period of time. So if you're gonna maximize your holiday, um, you're, you're absolutely gonna need help. I couldn't agree with Angie or Valerie more. Uh, and I think the advisor does three things you know, really, really well. They make it easy, 
right? So there's no sorting of recommendations from people you've never met before. They know the properties. They're up to speed on, on some of the protocols. Um, it's personal attention, right? So one call with them and they can put together a trip that exceeds your expectations because every, every detail is about you at the end of the day. Um, and then the third piece is this, this sense of confidence that you've got an advocate, that you've got access to properties and amenities that you just can't get online. Um, and then you've also got someone, you know, to use, use Angie's you know, example, very aware of kind of what's happening out there and, and what's next. I think it's that combination, right, of, of advocacy and confidence, convenience um, and personalization that really sets them apart, particularly when demand is going to be so acute. Yeah, definitely. I, I was see, I saw something on social media and it was like, you're trying to get a, you know, a trip. Well, it's like, you're trying to get toilet paper last spring, right? Like there's no, there's no deals to be found, but if Absolutely. you use an advisor, right. That's kind of, it makes it very different. You have access to, to a lot of places and people that you wouldn't otherwise. And what about you? Well, you know, and it's great being with my incredible colleagues here this morning. It's a great opportunity to talk about a career path that I love. I think a great advisor is an, a biographer of our client's life story, one chapter at a time, one itinerary at a time. And the thing is, we have relationships that we bring to a table to help create that story that has that will not only give client impact, it's based on the meaning of the trip. So it's so many levels that they would never be able to do on their own. But it is truly our relationships that uh, we bring to the table through our consortia, through our relationships, through the amount of uh, the amount of product we sell on a given day that they have no access to. We totally yeah. change the way they travel. You know, we build loyalty for life when we do it right, when we get to know the client. Yeah, definitely. I mean, on that note too, I mean, how do consumers find the right advisor? I mean, do you guys think that you have to date a few to find one or how do you, what are your recommendations for that? Are you sticking with me? I would oh, say yeah. the first thing is don't feel you have to book an advisor in your hometown. It might not be the right advisor. I think there's all kinds of um, social media to look at now to find out who are the big players I think it matters not only if because I we've all traveled a lot. You're talking to a panel of people who that's what we do uh, because that firsthand knowledge matters. However, should we not be in a particular place, we have contacts that will come on the phone with us to to really upgrade that client experience. But clients right now should really be looking to make sure they have the right person. You know, the most um, important asset a client has is their time and as busy as they are and how the pent up demand they not only are they been home for such a long time they haven't spent any money the stock market's through the roof so their next trip should be really led by someone who the panel has said who's an advocate who is connected who can actually clear space because that's going to be a big issue right now yeah definitely I mean, Angie and Michael, you guys both work with um, a lot of different advisors. What What is your advice for finding a great advisor? Michael, do you want to go first, and then I'll uh, sure, I'll, I'll I'll jump in. Uh, thank you, uh, thank you, Angie. Um, you know, Annie, it's 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 interesting. You talked about do you need to date a few, and and yeah. you definitely need to have um, some conversations with different advisors. Um, have a chat to see if their experience aligns to your needs. And I agree that advisor does not have to be local; they can be you know anywhere. It's about that personal connection. So for example, if you're interested in, in family travel, you're not necessarily going to want to connect with someone who may be 
exceptional at adventure planning, right. but really doesn't understand the logistics of, of, of traveling with, one, uh, with, with young children. You know, advisors are a, a diverse group of, of professionals with different um, specialties. And um, as um, educated and experienced as they are, I think fit and a sense of chemistry is just as important uh, as experience. Yeah, Michael, chemistry is huge, right? Getting a level of comfort. You know, um, our luxury consumers are spending, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars on their trips. And I like to say, you know, when, when to use an advisor is when the cost of doing it wrong is too great. And the other piece of it is finding the right advisor for you. You know, for all four of us, we have advisors that have a variety of specialties. And I think the unique nature of our environment is, you know, advisors will also refer other advisors, mm-hmm. right? So if somebody doesn't have a specialty, they know they know who has a specialty in that market or that destination. You know, talk to your your friends and family and find out who they're using. You know, you don't go to a doctor or a financial analyst or to a personal trainer on a whim. Right. Right. You research nothing. It's not different with a with a travel advisor. You want to make sure that you're researching, make sure that you get this level of comfort that the person has familiarity with where you want to go. You don't always have to use the same advisor for every single trip. Mm. I think some people feel loyal. That's beautiful to feel loyal, but it's not necessary. Right. Mm. Um, and, And keep in mind that, you know, you're looking for an advisor that's organized, discreet, tenacious, somebody who's working 24 seven and doesn't matter what the request is, they're going to figure out a path for you, right? Those are the advisors you want to seek. Valerie, do you have anything to add there? I think I would add that I believe of the, some of the best clients I've ever received have been referrals by other clients. Mm. And the same thing happens with advisors. We, we cannot pr- uh, proclaim to know everything happening around the world. So we all have specialties. And within our organizations, if we can't, if we don't know it personally ourselves, I'm the one who often says to a client, you know, I have not, I've never been to that destination or I haven't been there in five years. Let me check with one of my colleagues in my office who was just there and they'll give me their thoughts on what you can do, what you should see. So I firmly believe in the referral process, both as a client and as advisors. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I, I, I want to touch on um, luxury for a second too, because it's such a word that's been overused, right? But we all, it's, it, you know, we all know what it means, right? Or do we, um, you know, for a luxury traveler, you know, I mean, I always think it's, it's access, it's personalization. It's, it's not the price of a room night, right? I mean, for, for you guys, what is luxury travel um, kind of as a baseline? I guess, Anne, well, if, if oh, or Valerie. Yeah, go ahead, Valerie. Start with it since I yeah. finished the last one. Um, I would say that the most important thing is to know your client, to talk to them about what they consider the best travel experience they've ever had, or what is their favorite restaurant around the world, or what do their children like to do? And, and from there, you can get the the feeling and the instinct for to what? do the right thing for them. That makes sense. Uh, Anne, what about you? What is luxury? Well, you know, I, first of all, luxury isn't a trip designed for a thousand other people. 
And there's a lot of that out there. It's the Rome, Florence, Venice. That's not what we do. Luxury is the pillow to pillow moments based on what that client would like to be surprised with. Things that would elevate the meaning of their travel. But I always think if there's nine people on a trip, a good advi- a great advisor gets to know all nine because all nine should come home thinking that trip was designed just for them. You can't just talk to the decision maker. You have to dig, you know, really dig deeper than that. And things have changed. The fact that people haven't been anywhere for a year and a half. None of us are experts on destinations anymore because we don't know what that new world and and how those openings. There's going to be a lot of soft openings. We're going to have to actually luxury may be lowering expectations and realizing if they're going back to a favorite hotel. It may not be fully staffed right now. People mm-hmm. are having a very hard time finding staff. Um, but but I just think a good advisor listens to a client to get that emotional impact because there should be those wow moments. I, when I go to Virtuoso, which is the consortium I'm part of, and I go to Travel Week and see all these incredible partners we have, I always try to meet someone that might be the missing link to mm-hmm. that next itinerary for a new client or someone who travel. You know, we have clients, all of us on this panel have clients who travel so much, trying to surprise and delight them at times can be very, very difficult. Valerie's shaking her head. And I think the new thing right now is going to be security. Mm-hmm. People and safety, we're really, you know, in Embark, we're even looking at companies now uh, for large families to have proper security. There's an incredible amount of wealth in the world right now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you touched on something too. If you have a trip with nine people, I mean, I know a lot of families would really connect to that, right? Because you're like, ah, I love my mom, but I don't want to travel with her because of this, right? Or whatever it is. And I I mean, I think that's a really, really good point. Um, And also on the security, definitely, definitely. Everyone wants to get get there and get back safely in all ways, right? Uh, Michael, what is luxury to you, luxury travel? That's a great question. And and I couldn't agree more with what's been shared. I think how we define luxury is is very different, you know, individual to individual, and it can be also very different. The same individual trip to trip, yeah. so it's the work up front in really trying to understand. And and so, you know, I'm I'm not interested in defining what a five star hotel looks like. Or I mean, I think we're we're, we're beyond that. You know, in in this world, luxury is about um, a sense of confidence. It's about attention to detail. Yeah. And really, it's about making it easy. The last year has been so complicated and, and just, you know, so tense and stressful. I think people are looking for um, a solution that is is customized to them and, and their circumstance. And I think that's luxury more importantly than, you know, the quality of the tile or, right. you know, the quality of the bedding. Oh, at least so for right. our customers. Like that's, that's an expectation. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's yeah. the attention to detail and the customization and the making it easy that I think will separate a good advisor from a great advisor. Yes. I love that. Like turning on the iPhone, you like know what to do, right? Like it's easy, right? I think that's really, really important. Um, Angie, anything to add? Well, I would just say that um, what could be luxury for the future could be different than any of us even imagined because a hoteliers, resorts, private villas, they've had a lot of time to think up and dream over these, this past year who knows what's going to come out in the future, what luxury is going to be. We all might be surprised when things start to open up. Offerings that didn't exist before might be there. So I'm going to be interested where this goes for the future. 
Definitely. Well, and that kind of leads into my next question. I, I'm, I'd love to start with you. You know, what other resources can consumers turn to to find the right advisors aside from um, people or word of mouth? I mean, is there a technology or a website that they can go to? Yeah, I mean, I think we keep in mind, right, that, you know, travel advisors pioneer, pioneered luxury lifestyle, right? And so these are experts providing content, providing information from their travelers. You know, luxury can work from anywhere. It's a digital traveler role. They can, they have access to so much resource today. Um, you know, you don't have to just rely on the word of mouth. There's a lot of publications out there that are luxury. Um, there's websites that are luxury. So, you know, don't yeah. don't just rely on your neighbor. Because again, what your neighbor wanted may, may, may not be what you wanted. Yes. Right? Yes, definitely. Any other resources you guys want to mention? I think I think connecting, you know, leveraging social media is yeah. really important as well. Um, it's one thing to kind of share, you know, what your taste level is or what your expertise is. But, to, you know, to Angie's point, you know, the savviest advisors are out there leveraging technology to highlight destinations, highlight experiences. And you can very quickly tease out whether or not somebody's definition of luxury kind of aligns to yours. Yeah. Right? It's, a, it's a great tool to screen um, different, uh, different advisors. And, and, and by the way, you can search a destination or search a hotel chain that you're, you're fond of or a restaurant. And then, you know, all those search results. And then you can kind of go through that as opposed to, you know, what I'm guilty of, which is, you know, looking at the first page Google spits up and clicking on a link. Yeah. Yeah. Which may or may not be relevant. <laughs> I also think the press has been incredibly kind to travel advisors during the pandemic because clearly those clients that got out of trouble quickly had advisors. Hmm. I, I talked to a client just last night who had spent four days, I won't mention the airline, uh, two hour waits to get through the line. Uh, they finally, they called her, it was her 28th uh, wedding anniversary and they called her during dinner in a one star Michelin restaurant, which was horrible. And she asked, could she have a call back? And they said, no, you'll have to call us. And they called her at 3.30 this morning. Oh. So, um, I do think um, there is a reason the press are saying use travel advisors. There's one right now. Too many people have lost too many staffs. But the reality is there are consortiums out there and there are great consortiums out there and they get a lot of press. And they also introduce you to top advisors. Uh, magazines, TNL, Condé Nast have, you know, top lists for people to look at and people look at those. Again, that's social media. And of course, word of mouth. When you do a, a, a trip, people talk about you more now than ever. It's like people not only have a, a, a financial advisor, a personal shopper, they're proud now to say, I have a travel advisor. Mine's the best. So yeah. that's something I think that has really happened lately. Definitely. Um, and I, I mean, I'll start with you, Valerie, for the next one, which wasn't kind of on our, our pre-list of questions. But do you think um, in the next year or two that people will be posting about their travel as much and, and talking about it? Or do you think there's going to be kind of a quiet return to travel, given the um, I mean, the divide and some of the shaming that's been happening what do you what do you think we'll we'll see over the next year? I mean, I'll post my traveling because it's part. I think it's part of our responsibility in the industry to post it, right? But what do you think? I firmly believe that luxury travel is here to stay. Uh, the 
the concept of how quickly it's going to return or it's going to be next year the same as it was in 2019 is unrealistic. Yeah. That we have to help build back the confidence of travel to each one of our clients and the industry together has to do this almost with one voice mm. that travel is an experience. Travel is an education. Travel is part of your lifestyle. Now let's start talking about all the possibilities you have, the reasons for travel. Is it a celebration? Is it for two people? Is it for the family? Is it multi-generational? Where have you always wanted and dreamed about going? Yeah. And it's our job to tell that story and to continue to tell that story with everybody in media or travel media, whether it's starting with you, Annie, at Afar, and to Travel and Leisure and Condé Nast and social, other social media uh, opportunities that were the yeah. experts. There are so many experts that can share that knowledge. And I think one of the best taglines uh, ever was don't leave home without. And of course we all know who started that, but I cannot imagine leaving home without a travel advisor to protect me and make sure that they're your advocate, no matter where you're going, no matter what the problem is. Mm, definitely. Yes. <laughs> uh, Angie, what do you think? Well, I think first of all, the shaming has gone to such an extraordinary extreme. I think people should just look into their own house before they start judging others. So yes, <laughs> I'm a little soapbox. Now I'm off. Um, we got to keep in mind, Travel and tourism is 10% of global economy. It is our responsibility and every consumer's responsibility to help our world recover. And they can do that through travel. Yes. Right. So post the hell, excuse my language, post the hell out of it. Right. Yeah. Share with people yeah. where you're going. Let's get this economy back on track. We're 10% yeah. global economy. Right. Yes. Let's not be afraid to share if we've gone. I just got back from Syracuse, not the sexiest place. Right. <laughs> I, um, I got back from Syracuse yesterday. You know what? And I was so glad to actually just be out yeah. and go somewhere. I've been talking about it nonstop this morning. So, yeah. And you probably felt alive. Right. I mean, and, and it was great. we went for a hike in a park that I've never been to. Right. Yeah. Just that experience of being someplace new, going for a hike, being in nature. And I didn't have a mask on. Like it was yes. fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, there seems to be a little bit of this like reluctance, even though vaccines are widespread in many areas and others not, but a reluctance to um, recover in some way. And I think you hit it. You hit it on the head. Yeah. Come to Florida. Nobody down here cares about <laughs> recovery anymore. They think that the world's recovered. So Floridians uh, are out. I, I did hear that. I was like, someone said it was like 2019 in Florida. So I guess there's something in the middle, right? There. I guess so. I guess so. Um, and Anne, what about you? What do you think? Well, you know, I, I agree with Valerie that, you know, you shouldn't be too optimistic. However, Things to be optimistic are when you look at the airlines and United uh, announced today that 400 more flights are opening in July. They're opening those routes. Uh, Italy is now saying you don't have to quarantine. It's a little complicated. You have to have a PCI 72 hours before a rapid test uh, before you get on the plane, a rapid test when you arrive. But, you know, then you get to see Italy and you're not quarantined. 
So yeah. there's some really good um, information that's out there. Again, without a travel advisor, I don't know how the clients would know that they could go. We're calling everybody. The minute something opens, we're on yeah. the phone saying to our clients, you want to get ahead of the curve because it'll be sold out. That yeah. Because hotels won't be at full capacity for a while, the space will be limited. So you want your, your clients to have that opportunity to travel because they're desperate to. It's like uh, Americans, the American, we've lost our, our freedom. Yeah. You know, one part of our freedom was to travel and we want it back. We mm. just desperately want it back. So again, you know, um, clients have only been able to look like at afar to the other travel magazines I mentioned, looking at it, they're dreaming. They're dreaming about that trip. And, you know, it's up to us to make sure that that next trip is one that they will long remember. Yes. And I mean, Anne, you've talked a lot about Europe. I feel like people are just like, it's like their birthright to come to Europe, right? It's like, we can't believe that Europe is. Yes. Plus, I want to see you in London. I know. We got to have tea. My cousin is a pilot over there. I want to go see um, Michael, anything add to add to that kind of travel shaming conversation? Yeah, you know what? I think I think there was a point in time where you know travel shaming. Um, although I never agreed with it, I, I kind of understood mm. it in the sense that you know people were concerned that it you know appeared tone deaf as things were being locked down and there was general fear. Um, the flip side of that coin, though, is I think that you know as vaccine uh, distribution really ramps up, there is this desire to share um, joy. Yeah. So I think that as people get out there, um, they will absolutely um, be sharing, you know, their experiences, um, not only because it's, it's sharing that joy, but it's also, I think, to reassure family and friends who may have said, hey, are you sure you want to do this? That hey, everything's OK. Yeah. So, you know, I agree. You know, it'll be interesting to see how demand returns um, again, you know, as um things stabilize and there's less uncertainty, I expect bookings to really continue to, to ramp up. Um, mm. But those that are out there, um, I think we'll share and, and we'll do so proudly. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, let me ask you guys for a little bit of inspiration for people who might be thinking about where they want to go. I'd love to ask each of you a hotel that you can't wait to get back to um, and kind of an insider tip or, or a few tips from that destination to kind of take us to a different place right now. Like I'm in London at the Lanesboro and um, I mean, their afternoon noon tea is amazing. I mean, that's not very insidery, but something like that, a hotel that you really can't wait to get back to. Um, who should I start with? I'll start with you, Angie, because you're right there on my screen. <laughs> I'm going to take a little bit of a different approach. What I did is I talked to a couple of advisors because people are probably less concerned where I want to go and more concerned with the experts. So I'm, um, I'm curious where you want to go too, but no, I totally <laughs> well, I'll go to any place that anybody else here mentioned. Yes. <laughs> Not only has the pandemic happened, right? But there's also been a lot of world crises. And when you look at the wildfires in California and she said, you know, her absolute favorite hotel in the world was the Meadowood, but it mm, was yeah. So I thought this was an interesting perspective because if you're somebody who really loves the Meadowood and you love going to California to wine country, where do you go now? Right. Yeah. And so she says, insider tip, private cottages at Carninos um, with the private jacuzzi and the fire pits um, and the vineyards not normally open to the public. She said, you know, I can't wait to get them back to that part of the country. Mm. So I think as the world looks at how we are shaped now, there's been a lot of things beyond just the pandemic that have impacted us in a year. It's our travel agents who work 24-7, day and night for our consumers. They're the ones who can tell you where to go. If your place is not available, 
it's yeah. been damaged, whatever the case may be, closed maybe. So definitely, yeah, no, that was so tragic about Meadowood. Um, yeah. So and I think they're rebuilding, but I don't know what the st- when, when, or how. Well, and that's the other thing: an advisor will know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just an advisor will know. <laughs> so. um, and Valerie, what about you? Where where can't you wait? Where do you want to go? <laughs> Well, I think several of you know that my two favorite places in the world are Paris and Venice. And I am greatly looking forward to getting to both of them, uh, hopefully this summer or into the fall. But I never go to Paris, even if it's in the winter, that I don't go down for my special chocolate ice cream cone down at Bertillon, which is in the Ile Saint-Louis. And of course, now they actually uh, distributed in some fine restaurants in Paris. But I will never forget that first uh, exposure, probably 40 years ago or close to 40 years ago, being taken to this little ice cream shop that's now become world famous called Bertillon. Mm. Yes. And I, and as to my favorite hotels. First of all, I I don't have a favorite hotel anywhere in the world. I have many favorite hotels, so much so that I'm working on my third book about my favorite hotels around the world. And this time it's going to be a a three book edition of almost 600, where I can still remember when I wrote my first one, it was maybe 200 hotels. But the important thing is to... um, share those stories and share the experiences and be able to tell the difference between this hotel or resort with the one next door or one a few blocks away, because every property has its own personality. And so yeah, definitely Valerie, I have your book. So I'm very excited to hear that you're, you're working on another one. And I mean, definitely it's hard. Like in Paris, for example, I won't name the name, but there's a very famous luxury hotel that I don't like. Right. So it's, I mean, it is part of, you have to know why, I mean, to me, it doesn't feel like there's any soul, but I think you exactly what you said, knowing the difference between um, all the hotels is is so important. Um, Michael, what about you? Um, It's a great question and and something that I've been thinking about for me. um, You know, I've got a lot of favorites as, as, you know, Valerie shared, but with three young kids, um, (laughs) it's not about me (laughs) as, as it is, as any parent would know about them. So it's not so much the destination or the property, it's the experiences, right? And I think about our last trip um, to, uh, to Europe, watching, you know, my, my um, eight-year-old boys play with wooden boats in the pond in Luxembourg Garden or watching them enjoy um, gelato in uh, Piazza Navona, right? It's, Mm -hmm. it's um, soaking in the local culture. Um, And each one of those experiences was made better because I had the opportunity to focus on the memory. I didn't have to worry about the logistics. Yes. And you can see people out in the piazzas, you know, the kids are having fun and mom and dad are trying to figure out how I get from point A to point B or where I'm going next, where, you know, what does that look like? Um, We didn't have any of that problem uh, because everything had been sort of choreographed or, or, or coordinated. And we could just sit there and watch the discovery as they have pistachio gelato for the first time. Yeah. That is the magic of travel far beyond um, the quality of the property that you stay at. Yes, definitely. And always having a, a wet wipe, right? To clean off That's the pistachio right. gelato after they eat it. <laughs> um, and where, what about you? Where are you going? Where can't you wait to get Well, back? 
you know, I agree with everybody. There's so many that we love and you don't want to not say, gee, how much I love this and that. But I was about to take my family to the Dorado and the GM, George Salado, is one of a very close friend. And I've been missing that because the week before we had to cancel and I had been there with my husband and it's just a perfect resort. Um, their spa is one of the best. Um, you know, the hidden secret would be the tree. Ta- you know, they have a little tree house where you can have a outdoor massage, which is spectacular. Oh. But, you know, it's also the staff at these properties. I think about Isabel Garcia and just how wonderful they are in trying to set things up that are unique to the client, you know. And I think that's, you know, when we say, why do advisors matter? You know, when we work with these incredible partners, we can paint a picture of our clients so they can deliver these unique experiences. And, you know, Dorado is one of 50 hotels that won that Leeds Award for sustainability, which I think really says a lot nowadays that sustainability is going to matter to a lot of people. I think back to the Brando, which I have to say is the only property that I got on a plane and cried when I left because I thought, I don't know if I'll ever get back here. And it was so extraordinary. And they were the leader in sustainability. I think they won the first virtuoso award. But, you know, to be on uh, that private island, it was an engineering marvel to create that on the island of Tetiaroa. So, um, but I could, I could be like Valerie. She knows when I'm in Paris, the shop I go to for my scarves. So, and my favorite properties in London. I mean, it's all over the world. We, these are friends. To me, hotels are like friends. When I go to Paris, you have to visit them all and say hello. Definitely. And I, I, you can go into them too. I mean, if you're staying at one, you can go get a drink at another one, right? I mean, you don't have to stay to experience it. Um, And, you know, you mentioned sustainability. I do just want to say, I think there is the the danger that a lot of hotels or or travel people will be greenwashing. So I think, so if it is really important to you as a traveler, um, your advisor can kind of sort through that for you. Right. And let you know, like the Brando actually is, it's stunningly beautiful and it's also completely sustainable. Right. So and I do plan to go back, by the way, I, yeah. I have one, more time. one more time. I think that team out there, Philippe Rovelli, and uh, they've just done a brilliant job with that property. It's heaven on earth for sure. Definitely. Have any of you guys been to the Brando, Valerie or Angie or no? It's on my list. But now I'm going. <laughs> you are going. Yeah, no, now. Yeah, now you're going. Yeah. After I heard Anne and it brought her to tears, I have to go. Yes. <laughs> The one thing about us is we sleep around. That's really yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of dating, right? Yeah. Um, well, awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. Um, I would like to uh, close it now. Thank you. And um, urge everyone who's watching to go to the exhibition floor and visit the um, luxury travel suppliers like hotels um, who have booths. So you can kind of um, dream about where you're going to go next. So, and you can also, of course, look at all the other panels we have and, and speakers. So thank you guys so much. And hopefully see you somewhere around the world soon. Great. Thanks. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.